Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Yes, it is. Rosie on the House, every Arizona homeowner's happy place. We're here to inform, protect, and entertain you on each and every topic having to do with the maintenance, repair, or remodeling of your house, home, castle, or cabin. We've been voted Arizona's number one homeowner resource and contractor referral directory for 14 years running. The uncontested champion. Never been beat. Don't even think about touching your house till you touch base with Rosie on the house. And the last hour was a perfect example of that. There's no other place you're going to get that kind of real-time information than right here at Rosie on the house. We're here in studio Saturday mornings in part to take your live phone calls. You can dial in toll-free by dialing one 767 4348 and allow us the privilege of putting our 48 years of experience of building and remodeling Arizona homes to work for you. That's one 767 4348 Whether you're a newcomer to Arizona or you've been here your whole life, no matter where you are in Arizona or what you're about to do, I've probably already tried it once or twice, or I know someone who has. So give us a ring and let me see if we can't help you out. one 767 4348 One of the things we do to try and get into your heart and win the treasured spot of being your best friend, every Arizona homeowner's best friend, is we do the broadcast every Saturday morning. We have our website, rosieonthehouse.com. And we have a newsletter that we mail out digitally every single Thursday to those who ask to be subscribed to it. And uh, we've kind of reached a peculiar benchmark there. Kind of, I think it's an impressive benchmark. It's, and it's impressive, and in one way, it's awfully humbling as well. We've sent over 7 million newsletters to Arizona homeowners by subscription only. We don't spam anything by subscription only over the last 30 years. So the website, Rosie on the House, we've been broadcasting for 34 years. And we we capture every question that we've taken on air. And then we make sure the right answer is attached to that question. And that's like a dictionary, a free dictionary for Arizona homeowners that lives 24 hours a day at rosieonthehouse.com. I hope you'll uh, get familiar with it. I hope you'll uh, do your newcomers and your new neighbors a friend and make sure they're aware of us. We can help protect them from making any serious or expensive mistakes in the ownership, maintenance, and or repair of their house home castle or cabin. And to join the conversation, one 767 rosie for you, text questions during the broadcast can be sent to 411-923, and you can also email us at info at rosieonthehouse.com, although I will say today that's not a great uh, great source. I, it will not log in for me. I don't know. 
So if you're using the email, it's not a real-time solution for today. Call or text. Okay. All right. Very good. Let's just go back to sticky notes. <laughs> it, it, it worked for the first 20 years. <laughs> One of the most asked questions we had to address this week, and I think it has to do kind of with that question we took during the garden hour, the outdoor living hour, this morning with uh, John Jay, the man that was concerned about beetles that were overtaking the back of his yard. And earlier, uh, we uh, a month ago, we had Blue Sky Pest Control on, talking about the invasion, the horde, the plague of beetles that were in- invading lots of Maricopa County. So people are asking, how can I prevent bugs from getting in my house? <laughs> Now, that's a loaded question right there, and I'll tell you this. The, the, the number one way you're going to eliminate critters getting in your house is don't create a habitat that's friendly to them outside your house. Keep your leaf litter picked up, and that's a big job <laughs> given the monsoons we've had this week. Uh, the amount of leaf litter that can pile up against the foundation, and it piles up there wet so it is a perfect condition conducive for cricket infestation once we've got crickets the the next horde that follows the crickets in are the scorpions that's the scorpions favorite food source and it just goes downhill from there so make sure the yard is picked up raked up and kept clean then we also talked in the eight o'clock outdoor living hour about food grade DE, which is a powder that you sprinkle primarily around the thresholds of your house or around the, the, the foundation of your house. And it's good as long as it stays dry. So that, that right now during monsoon might not be the best solution, but as monsoon wanes, and it's a great option for containing and controlling the population of any insect with an ectoskeleton, and it's a food grade. It can't hurt you. It's all but. It's about the green. It feels like like a baking flour. Yeah, in in your hand. Yeah. So that's a phase two cleanup. De when it's dry, and then the other thing. Let's just go around and check those door sweeps and make sure in this weather chances are your door is swollen up and the and the sweep is actually keeping the door from closing but maybe some of the but maybe that keeps the door off the weather stripping at the at the t-molding take a look at all those things and it, it you cannot believe how incredibly small hole it takes for insects to infiltrate your home so there are just a couple few tips of maintaining a critter free pest-free home. One critter that I get, uh, I've actually gotten three of them in the house, but I can't determine if they're like mean or good or bad. Geckos. Those cream-colored geckos. <laughs> well, natural predators are great for the beetles. You know, praying mantis, a lot of people champion as the best uh, best thing for your garden. But we mentioned earlier chickens, and chickens will eat a lizard too. Mm-hmm. If you can have chickens around your home. Okay. Well, I know a lot of people that go out of their way to promote the gecko. We have uh, Water Month here at Rosie on the House, and we're continuing uh, 
playing clips from a 40-minute-long interview we had with Senator Cena Kerr on this water bill that was just passed. And last week we talked about some of the details. Now it's about the selection process. The biggest issue that keeps coming up is the power to move that water. You know, Central Arizona Project Canal it does not hide it. They'll tell you up front, we are the biggest user of electricity in the state of Arizona. It's expensive to move water. And they move it 336 miles. Coming over from the Mississippi, we're looking at closer to 1,000 miles. So where does the energy then come to move the water? And it's one of those funny things, you know, it takes water to create energy. <laughs> we need the energy to move the water. So what what starts first? <laughs> exactly. No, and I think that's where the folks that specialize and that are the experts in this type of innovative thinking will sort those problems out. Uh, if it's feasible to do it, and I have no doubt of the ability to be resourceful and innovative and, you know, do what we need to do. So is this out of state 750 million, mainly just the research and concept ideas? WIFA then serves as a finance authority. So the projects will come to the board, and then they will vet those projects and finance them. So uh, they, WIFA won't actually be out looking. People out. will be bringing ideas yes. to them. So yes. mm-hmm. as me, Joe, homeowner, and I had an idea, how would I present that to WIFA? Well, there's going to be a vetting process. It's going to be quite intensive. And, and you know, you would have to have everything uh, in order and be able to uh, to prove that you can get this project done and meet all types of different criteria. There will be a needs assessment ongoing from the Department of Water Resources. They are putting together a map of the entire state and where are the greatest needs. So there's, there's criteria that the board will follow um, in, in order to award those, um, those contracts. And the board is being selected as part of this SB 1740. They're expanding the size of that board. So if you'd like to be on the WIFA board, which is the Water Infrastructure Finance Authority, they're moving up to nine members. You can go to our blog, rosieonthehouse.com, and the blog, you'll see solution, ideas, and concepts to Arizona water supply. In there, uh, that entire interview with Senator Cena Kerr uh, is available. It's and the link to apply to be considered as one of the board of directors for WIFA that will be making the decision on what water projects Arizona invests this billion dollars in, you can apply between now and September 15th. But if you have an idea that you want to submit to WIFA, you can't be a board member. So you got to decide, do you want to be a board member selecting the ideas or do you want to be an idea presenter going to WIFA? presenting to us so that's on our blog and then we also have a survey there that we've been getting a lot of interesting responses in where if you were in control what three areas would you focus in desalination plant seems to be amongst the top of uh the 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 theme that keeps coming back another one putting solar panels over the water channels which is really and concept it's it's great but the extreme cost and then the maintenance crews when they go to address the water you know you you would have to build the structure big enough heavy equipment could get underneath and access the canal so now you're talking this major major 
uh, cost in, in metal, which is extremely expensive, to create a, the structure that would hold the panel. So it's a great concept, but the cost is so prohibitive. There you go. Keep the ideas coming. When we get back, we've got Eric on hold and an open line for you at one 767 4348 In our open home hour, it's open to you, the Arizona homeowner, whatever you want to talk about, your home, castle, or cabin. Eric and Mesa, good morning and welcome to the broadcast. You can join to it. one 767 4348 rosie for you. Good morning, Eric. Morning, how are you today? Very well, thank you. Good, good. Uh, so, I'm trying to figure out... I, I, I I live in Far East Mesa. However, I work right by Sky Harbor. There's an industrial park that has all kinds of green grass that the only people who ever actually use it are the guys mowing it. So um, I know Las Vegas implemented, or Nevada, I guess, or Las Vegas, they implemented the useless grass law. Uh, I've been kind of, I won't divulge who I actually am, but I, I, uh, I've been going around shutting off all of their, uh, their water couple times a week but at any rate uh how can we implement i've tried reaching out to the city i've got no responses from the city of phoenix uh there's a wastewater hotline no response out of them i've reached out to arizona legislatures no response how can we implement this useless grass law in arizona all right um He might have one of the first ideas we need to, pre- to present to Wiffle, right? <laughs> I, I think that's it. This, you know, go look up that SB 1070 and the way it's broken up, the $1 billion, $200 million is on conservation, and that would be a perfect application for the conservation. You know, and there's a property that's within, or not even a property, there's, I don't know, 5,000 square feet of grass less than a quarter mile from here. That's the same thing. The only people I ever see on it are the guys that mow it. So why I, – I've often looked at that and thought, why are they even just turn it off and let the rocks fill it in? I was not familiar with the useless grass legislation in Nevada. That's an interesting term for it. <laughs> well, and they have a big incentive because oh, they, yeah. of how little water they get out of the river. And so everything they can reclaim, they get to reuse. So they turn 300,000 acre-feet of water into 600,000 acre-feet of water if they can reclaim it all. So they don't want water going onto grass. They want it going down the drain pipes so they can reclaim it and reuse it. Eric, we appreciate you sharing that concept with us. It's a new concept to us, but we'll run it up the flagpole. I I, I think Romy has seen a – Mrs. Cena Kerr's – cell phone on speed dial so we we may have someone we can talk to about it <laughs> or once the once the board selection is done they're going to have the application process for ideas fill it yeah, out so there you it'll go. be it'll be coming shortly um let's see calls are coming in it but they're currently being screened so while we're uh filtering and getting uh, questions the mess of monsoon taking a lot of calls this week about how to control it we actually have an article in the uh, Arizona Daily Star down in Tucson, uh, covering this. Uh, There's a lot of questions about, will a dust storm impact my indoor air quality? Uh, Can you believe somebody would have to ask that question? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, yes, it can impact your indoor air quality, of course. And it all depends on the age of your home, how tight you have it sealed up. If you're seeing dust accumulate on your windowsills or right in front of your door, uh, in, in inside of the threshold, inside of the weather stripping, the door sweep, uh, it's impacting your uh, indoor air quality. And if you're not changing your filter, uh, you're stressing your air conditioning equipment. And we've talked, we, we, we talked a bit about how important filtering is in the past hour with Todd of Ria. So, yeah, it can absolutely impact your equipment for sure. And if you've got a split system where the air handling unit is inside the hall closet and the, the coil is on the outside, the compressor's on the outside, uh, it doesn't hurt to take your leaf blower and blow that thing off every once in a while. There was a time where a lot of people wanted to know, well, should I get in there and wash it off and hose it down and soap it up? And I'm going to tell you, uh, for you, the average homeowner, just use your leaf blower. Just get the dust off of it. Keep the leaf litter away from it, and uh, you'll, be, you'll be doing your equipment a good favor just keeping it clean makes it a lot easier for it to achieve what it's trying to do and what it's trying to do what an air conditioner is doing it's not taking cold air and putting it in your house it's taking hot air out of your house and if you don't believe me go outside when your air conditioner is running and that fan on the on the compressor unit is blowing you'll feel how much hot air it's expelling from your house so uh, it'll work a lot better if that is dust-free and cool. Okay, how about There's, if you have your unit on the roof? Then that's a little bit more complicated. I don't, I don't encourage. Um, my attorney told me, Rosie, quit telling people to get on the roof. <laughs> so, oh, good. I got a great excuse uh, now. Yeah, Thanks, you, now I've given you, I've given you all the excuse you need right now. The other thing people ask a lot about is. Can the moisture, you know, the surface moisture of this monsoon season, and we're about at average of what a monsoon is, but it's come in bigger, shorter span, more severe doses, which creates more surface water. And that drainage and that surface water definitely can create troubles with your foundation. So keep an eye out for it. Arizona is Sanderson Ford country, and Sanderson Ford is hitting it out of the park with Grand Slam Labor Day deals. Get 0% financing for 66 months on a new 2022 F-150 truck, Escape, Edge, or Explorer, or order your new Ford your way and get 2.9 financing plus $1,000 cash back on a 2023 F-150 or Ranger Truck Edge Explorer Expedition. Sanderson Ford has inventory for this Grand Slam Labor Day sales event. More new vehicles are arriving daily. You can't go wrong. They never add additional markup. No pressure, no nonsense. New vehicle, used vehicle. Get to Sanderson Ford. 
one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you. We'll get to our weekly to-do in a moment regarding woodpeckers and deterring them from creating damage on your home. But uh, let's get to a couple of our callers, starting with Lauren in Peoria. Good morning and welcome to the program. Oh, uh, that would be Laurie, right? Laurie? Yeah, it's Laurie. Hi, okay. Welcome. Hi. So, question. I'm just moving into a new home, and I don't have any information on it because it had been rented for five years, and um, so I don't know anything about particulars about the house. But what I'm asking is the AC unit is on the roof, and where would the filter be? I'm sure there's a filter I have to change somewhere, or do I need a, a repairman to come out and find it? Oh, well, it's probably on the ceiling. Could be. Is there the biggest metal grate you could find on the ceiling is probably your filter. Okay, because I did look around, and there's a lot of little tiny ones. Although in the master bedroom closet, there is a, um, I guess there's an attic access. Would it be in there? No, 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 it's going to be inside the house. Probably. Um, We've got to find something that's about two foot by two foot that has a hinge door, metal frame. Um, Can you tell me how old the home is? It was built in the mid-70s. Okay. It would Uh, be fairly close to the thermostat, wouldn't it? It would be fairly close to the thermostat. Exactly right, Romy. And ought to be in the ceiling somewhere right above the thermostat. Do you have the thermostat down there in in the middle of the hall uh, amongst the bedrooms? Yeah. Yeah, it's in the middle of the hall. It looks like a brand-new thermostat. But I did see a vent above it. It doesn't look real big, but I guess I could – I'm going to have to get a ladder to get up and look at it. How high is it? About nine feet. Is it in the ceiling and not on the side of the wall? Yeah, it's in the ceiling. Yeah, that, that's, that's your, your air filter. That's your filter. That is it? That's okay. it. Now, um, if you open it and there's not one there, there should be. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as you said, it had been rented, and there's no guarantee that the uh, the, the previous renters were diligent about keeping well, that up. that's a great point. Lori, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you on hold, and uh, sweet Jennifer's going to pick you back up, and she's going to give you my personal cell phone number, okay? And then if you would want to just shoot a little video and text that to me, we could sure verify that that's exactly where it is, or I could ask you to walk around the house, and without even having to come out to your house, we'll track that little booger down. (laughs) All right, so you'll get my personal cell phone number, and uh, we'll we'll do it with a video. And the next caller. Jose, good morning. Welcome to the program. How may we help you? How you doing, my friend? I'm kind of excited to uh, to ask you. I'm tr- uh, I'm in the process to try to build up a uh, guest house, you know, a pretty good sized guest house, and I'm kind of wondering where to start. Where are you? I mean, who do I ask? Who do I ask for an estimate? You know, I'm where, basically, you know, have so many questions. What um, what general area? What's your major cross streets? Where are you? It's around 20, 20th Street in Osborne, Loma Linda neighborhood. That's not a designated historic district, is it? 
I don't think it's yet. Uh, I, don't, I, don't I think, think the it next is. one to it is is like around uh, 12th Street and close yeah. to the central yeah. area. But now, I don't think mine is. <laughs> now, are you trying to get the, this built in time for the 2023 Super Bowl to rent it out? <laughs> no, no. It's actually it's actually uh, going to be actually for me and the wife um, to live on, and probably after that remodel the the other house. Okay, very good, very good. Well, I know a lot of people are very excited about the 2023 Super Bowl. I actually saw a couple articles this week about people already booking their Airbnbs and what they're getting for homes here in the Maricopa County area for the Super Bowl. Jose, I'll tell you what, you've got to take a look at at setbacks first. And uh, what you can do is you can go into the Maricopa County Assessor's website, okay, and plug in your address. Just click just click the tab that says maps. Then there's going to become a, a, a boilerplate pop-up that comes up and just say, I agree. Okay. Cause it means you're, you're not going to use any of the information for your legal purposes. Type in your address and you're going to get the County assessor's information about your house. It's going to include what the zoning is. It's also going to include a sketch of the property lines and the house. It's going to include a ton of information that's extremely helpful. Once you find out what the zoning is there, then you just go to City of Phoenix uh, zoning and read what the front yard, side yard, and backyard setbacks are and what your maximum lot coverage can be. Then someone with experience comes out and takes a look at the current utility situation where are you are you served by overhead power lines and i believe you are right in that neighborhood are you dual energy or single uh, all electric and what are we going to do about waste and how are we going to connect that and then how are we going to uh, probably increase the service entrance section the electric panel at your main house that then allows us to feed a server smaller uh, sub panel to the guest house so start with the county assessor interpret your zoning restrictions you mentioned you said you wanted it to be a pretty good size Uh, and know this the last free standing guest casita we estimated to match in the same building products as the main house so it could look like it was always there was about 350 dollars a square foot so for a 1,000-square-foot guest casita, which would be very generous, you're looking about $350,000. So guest casitas are great. They add a lot of value to your property, uh, particularly the week of Super Bowl. Uh, probably get you back a good part of your down payment on that one. Uh, but those are kind of the starting points. But any of the design-build remodelers listed at rosieonthehouse.com, Kirk Development, uh, is located up at uh, uh, 7th Street and Dunlap. They service the north central Phoenix area, Madison Meadows, uh, historic districts downtown. Kirk Development would be a great place for you to talk to. Uh, if they can't get to you quickly, um, I'd, I'd try and find time in my schedule to sneak into you, but it's going to be a, a couple weeks out uh, and just kind of guide you on what it's going to take to get this done. Would you sink a basement in there while you're at it? Oh, I would. 
I would too. <laughs> if you're going to do it, I, there's no way I wouldn't do it without putting it on top of a basement. You know, I don't know if you're on septic or what underground utilities might be back there or how close to a, a alley there might be or, or what's back there. You know, a lot. Some of them come off the front street. Some of them come off the back alley. It just depends. But I... Often, I mean, every time I know it's a, an additional cost, but man, it, it pays for itself. And the amount of space you get, and you don't have to do much to the basement once the walls right. and the floor are done. You don't have to put in a toilet. You don't have to put in a sink. You don't have to put in rooms. You don't have to put in walls. That can all come later. Just the space and then the cool air coming up to uh, out of the ground of the rest of the home. I, I Blows me away. We don't take time to dig, but we have hard clays. I get I it. Well, and and uh, we don't have a we don't have a freeze line. line. Yeah. So one of the projects Rosie Wright Remodeling is doing right now is we're actually finishing a basement uh, for some homeowners that built their home in Fountain Hills over twenty years ago, and it's always been an unfinished basement for the grandkids and the kids. Uh, it was a karate studio for the kids for a little while, and you know everybody goes down there and crashes. But now we're going in there, the air conditioning, the bathroom, and we're building out that basement that's kind of just been sitting there as extra overflow space for all these years. You talked about wanting to deal with woodpeckers. That is our weekly to-do. If you get our newsletter, you got a link in there uh, with an article about what and why they become so uh, well-known at certain times of the year. And they're particularly uh, noisy in the spring. And one of the reasons they're noisy in the spring is because a woodpecker not only pecks loud things to get to the food, the insects that are underneath the bark, but a lot of times they'll land on your fireplace spark arrester and they'll rattle that thing early in the morning. And in the spring, that is the way they mark their family territory. So they want something that makes the most amount of noise so they can claim the biggest amount of area as their family area. And there's lots of tricks for that. If you find a place they particularly like on your house to hammer away with, just get yourself a bottle of Tabasco sauce and cover it in that area. And it will probably dissuade them pretty quickly to go find something else for sure. Now, if they're not doing it on the fireplace spark arrestor, that metal cap that covers, uh, then they're probably doing it on the wood siding of your house or through the foam roof of your house, and they're actually after insects. Even then, you can take the Tabasco trick and spread it in the areas that they're starting to create the damage, and it will probably dissuade them from continuing to pack on your house and then you'll have the luxury of sitting in the backyard and listening to them peck your neighbor's house (laughs) (laughs) and it and it's not it's almost melodious when it's on your neighbor's house you know it's a it's a it's a loud nuisance when it's on your house but uh that that tabasco trick seems to be very uh fair uh uh non-caustic but uh, very persuasive to get them to go find some other place. You could say regular Tabasco or Tabasco Chipotle. But but the green doesn't work.
right, as we get to our next call, I just want to show you this from Coronado National Forest. If you follow their Twitter account, they have uh, some incredible videos of the monsoon all month long that they've been posting. And this one is Mount Lemon and the Santa Catalina Ranger District of the floods coming out of Sabino Canyon. Oh, man. And you know the funny thing is? I mean, that, that's great. We'd love to see that much water. You know, where does that one go? I know, that We, we don't have any that, reservoir or a way hurts. to repurpose that one that, uh, that we could. And it reminds me of what uh, Lancaster said when we were talking about rain harvesting is uh, Tucson gets more rainfall on its city than it uses out of the CAP annually. And this is a great example of that. So repurposing stormwater, there's, there's got to be a solution to that because that would be a lot of money to clean that out. So you got to have a reservoir for it to all settle first and then pump off the top clean stuff. That's a lot of water. And that's the Coronado National Forest website? Uh, their Twitter account. Oh, Coronado NF oh, okay. is their, I think you call it a handle. Well, the monsoon this year, and, and I haven't done a scientific study of it, but it seems like it's about average statewide of what we would like to expect. We were told to expect maybe a little bit above average this year, so we've still got some more time to, to uh, accomplish that prophecy. But I will tell you that the, the monsoon I've experienced and that Coconino County seems to experience is that it has come more intently quickly, fast. Uh, there have been, in my neighborhood, there have been several rain gauges that I track that have recorded near two inches in less than an hour, twice this monsoon. That's a lot of water. Apache Junction's at six inches. Already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and, and Gila County is, is supposed to be just doing fantastic. But when it comes that quick, the amount of wasted surface water... Is, is heartbreaking. Jeff's on the line. Let's see how we can help him with his air conditioning question. Good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Very well. Thank you. Uh, my my qu- big question is, which do you prefer on your air conditioning to cut the electricity cost of? An AC hard start or the new micro air easy start, which draws less energy all the way around? What do you think is better for the air conditioning unit? I think most of our contractors prefer the uh, um, a soft start. Uh, not all equipment will come with it. Are you retrofitting a piece of equipment, or you're considering which option to include on a new equipment? No, I'm going to retrofit my air conditioner, which has got a new house that's like a year and seven months old. So I want to add an easy start to it is what I'm looking at. I just wanted to make sure... That, that a hard start's not going to be better. How old is the air conditioner? Uh, about 18 months. Oh. Um, Jeff, I can tell... Um, do you mind telling me what the brand name is? Uh, it's a Linux. Okay. Um, an 18-month-old Linux unit. Uh, if I were you, Jeff, I wouldn't do anything to it. I would find out who installed it, uh, how much longer my warranty is going to be on it, 
Uh, I'd watch the energy consumption on it, but at 18 months, you probably got a 13, 14 SEER unit. You probably got a, a, a great operating unit. I'm not sure I would go in there and start adding or modifying to equipment that's already under warranty unless I ask the installer or a Linux authorized warranty dealer to come assess what should or shouldn't be put on it. And then in that way, you're not violating any warranty. And like we talked about in the 9 o'clock hour, air conditioning is one of the most expensive appliances in your house. So it could pay well to protect that warranty by only using warranty certified personnel. We had a great article on tankless water heaters and what they are. If you're looking or time to replace your water heater, tankless water heaters, they cost more than a traditional one. But a great benefit to them is you never use electricity except when you're using the water. A traditional tank heater has to constantly heat up the water stored in that tank. And if you don't use the water for two days or the weekend, let's say you're gone, well, that water heater's heating that water the whole time, keeping it at whatever the thermostat inside the tank is. Well, a tankless water heater only heats it up when you're using the water. And if you save electricity, you're saving water because it takes water to generate electricity. There's a, a water-electricity <laughs> right. nexus there that uh, a lot of people don't think about because when we turn on the tap, it's the city or whatever water provider is paying for the electricity to pump it there, and that comes to you in the form of a water bill. So we don't connect mentally that we're using energy when we're using water. And we've got, uh, like I said, a, a great article on it, whether it's gas or electric. In a lot of cases, you need an additional or a larger power supply, whether it's a bigger electrical gauge wire or a bigger pipe of natural gas uh, from the source to the tankless water heater. It's a great way to save a lot of space. So at the time you are looking to replace a water heater, we would suggest at least get an estimate for what it would be to go tankless as well. may not be the right time for you. Sometimes it's cost prohibitive, uh, but a lot of uh, a lot of times it, it is a great option. And uh, Jeff at Day and Night was talking yesterday. They have a $300 off all tankless water heater install. So that's one more way that might help you get to a tankless water heater uh, a little bit cheaper. What didn't we cover today? We covered soil prep for fall gardens. Uh, we covered this new air conditioning uh, rebates and tax credits that are available to you now based on the legislation that just was signed into effect on Tuesday. We talked about air conditioning at uh, Lori's house. And, um, well, insects, crickets, woodpeckers. What we're going to talk about cleanup. next Saturday, 8 o'clock, right here at Rosie on the House. In the meantime, ROSIE on the house.com.